a one, two, three o'clock, four o'clock spook, a five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock spook, a nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock spook. We're gonna record a podcast called a Spooky. Well, here's Peter Jones. This is his sound of his voice. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's me, Peter Jones, <laughs> and here's Luke Amala. Here's the sound of his voice. I think you've done this one before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name's Adam Knox. This is a Spooky podcast, uh, where we've got a big old book called Mysteries of the Unexplained, and we go through it every single week and have a look at uh, some spooky stories from it that we try and make sense of and wrap our genius heads around. Also, we don't mention it every time, but the book's from 1982? Yes. It does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We probably should mention it every time. But I forget because I'm thinking of great things like singing a song that almost (laughs) has the word spooky in it. Almost. Um. We don't have anything to plug, do we? I was thinking, let's do the plugs at the front, but we yeah, don't we'll have do anything this time. No, we do them at the end. That's All right, plugs plug. are at the end. What a, <laughs> what a spooky way to start the podcast. <laughs> Would you fill a bath and then put the plug in? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point, Luca. You've actually run rings around my Would logic you? there. I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to. Comedian destroys Adam Knox. <laughs> with pure feminist logic. This first story takes place from the chapter Beyond the Walls of Time. Uh, the 1935 discovery of a 15-inch fossilised man. Hell in, yeah. In a, <laughs> a little fella? Yeah. In a, no, he's a big fella. <laughs> no, that's his height. Oh. Well, that's my girth. <laughs> Jesus. God. Yeah. A terrible dick. Are you talking about is... your penis or? No, my leg. <laughs> oh, okay. That's huge as well. A 15-inch fossilised man in a prehistoric well at Vad Nagar, Baroda State, India. Help me! Help, I'm in a well! It's me, your tiniest friend! (laughs) It took me a long time to climb up the well. You wouldn't think I'd been able to trip over and fall into a well. I know one of you pushed me in here because you thought it'd be funny to see me in the bucket, but I'm still in here! (laughs) Uh, he was later was later declared to be a hoax. <laughs> oh, damn. The improbability of the find being increased by the simultaneous discovery of a cow 18 inches tall. The story is included here because the height of the man closely matches that of ca- of the Casper Wyoming mummy. And what? What's Why does this finding a small cow make it less likely that he was a small man? Surely if you're a small man, you'd gravitate towards a small cow. An 18-inch tall cow? So it's bigger than if him. If you can have a 15-inch so- <laughs> tall man, why can't you have an 18-inch tall cow? I mean, <laughs> I guess you have destroyed me with logic. <laughs> but in proportion... That's like an eight-foot cow. Yeah, but a regular cow's giving you way too much milk if you're a 15-inch tall man. <laughs> That's true. So you look for a small cow. Anyway, it's a hoax because the they cow was small. <laughs> it isn't. He had small wheat. You believe every other bread. story in this book is a hoax, but the one where they say this one's a hoax, <laughs> like, nope. I reckon they got it wrong about it being a hoax. That's because it's a yeah, it's a double hoax. Yeah. So they say the. Um, I think the the Casper yeah the Casper Wyoming one was that little dude the Pedro Mountain mummy yeah, yeah that little fellow remember that yeah yeah so it's like the story is included here because the height of the man closely matches that of the Casper Wyoming mummy and because ancient legends of little people have a worldwide currency. Mm-hmm. 
A lot of money in those little people. (laughs) (laughs) Experts, however, have a way of dismissing unpalatable fines as frauds, hoaxes, or evidence of mental instability. See, that's my point, is that you can't trust the system. You can't (laughs) trust the man. And so this 18-inch tall cow and his 15-inch tall human friend, I believe in. You believe they're real? Yeah. Wow, they were just found in a well because somebody chucked them down a well? I'd like one rump steak, please. Here you go. This is the smallest rump steak I've ever seen. There it is. Well, you're the smallest man I've ever seen. <laughs> a little bit of back and forth. That's the 18-inch cow being served to the 15-inch man. Right. That yes. waiter in the wrong. <laughs> Big. He's tall, man. Normal size. The waiter. Yeah. The waiter's too tall. <laughs> Real big. Yeah. <laughs> too yeah, tall. Me. And he's standing next to a 12-foot cow. <laughs> I reckon anything story, can be Kate? any size. That's the whole story. It's like they found a tiny man and a, and a little cow. But so what like, was the tiny man and little cow? Like they said it's a hoax, but yeah, based on what? Trick. Who based tricked on, some... Who? I don't know. Uh, what, the, the craziest person in that town? Oh, uh, right. Guess what? <laughs> I found a little man in a well. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do you want to look at it? Is no. This, is this because I was telling you about the uh, the mummy that was similar the other day? Nah, 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 nah. Nah, it's a different one. <laughs> I found a little. I found a tiny little one. A different, different tiny little one. Because I remember explaining to you how much global currency finding small mm. people can have, <laughs> and uh, it seems like you're trying to capitalize on. Unrelated. That. I just found a little person. It's the first time ever that the characters haven't had voices, and it's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you, Pete? Did you really find a little man? <laughs> <laughs> did I not say where we found it? I found a little man. Okay, all right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Okay, I don't believe in it anymore because if I type in 18-inch cow to Google, it just comes up with cushions. (laughs) (laughs) This next story is from In the Realm of Miracles. St. Anthony of Padua, a Franciscan preacher and theologian who was canonized a year after his death, was renowned not only for his sanctity, but for his eloquence. Some 400 years after his death, his coffin was disinterred and opened. In the pile of great Fuck, du- they do that yeah. a lot. Why are they always doing that to people? Anytime someone's holy, they're like, get his, get his coffin out. It's been a, it's been <laughs> I want to have a look at the body. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see if this one will smell good. <laughs> It'll been a 400 years. Oh, we can pop open the lid. <laughs> we can have a look. He's rested enough. <laughs> Wrap him in a paper. Put him on a hook. Him in the, hang him in the garage. <laughs> Make a Saint Salami. <laughs> I want to see if he'll cry. Lots of our stuff will cry. I want to see if he do. What's I'm aboard. I want to store some food. Oh, what's a good place to store it? Hey, pop up in the coffin. How was that store? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, yeah. I'm not allowed to have a sex. I got to fill up my time. <laughs> I'm going to get this coffin out. I'm going to have a sneak around. <laughs> a little bit of a peek inside. Uh, see what he's been up to. In the pile of grey dust inside it, the remains of the saint's body lay his tongue. Ugh. A soft pink and fresh as though it was still living. I told you it might be cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's his tongue, fresh as a daisy. <laughs> Look, his tongue is now in my mouth. I'm St. Anthony of Padua. You want to have a kiss with St. Anthony? <laughs> Come on, give me a kiss. <laughs> I tell you what, he always said that no one's ever going to lick me. You thought he meant to beat him, but it's his tongue. But oh, this is so handy. I have so many Stamps to get wet. <laughs> a lick, a lick. We get him out of looking at his tongue, and that's in a poor taste. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> 
That's uh, he was so eloquent. Remember all the stories about the guy from 400 years ago? Yeah. He is so eloquent. Look, his tongue's still there. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I remember he said so eloquently, uh, please embalm my tongue. <laughs> Do not let it rot. <laughs> now, over here, we have a Santo Roberto. Uh, we all know Roberto. His anus, finest <laughs> in the land. Oh, look, he's still intact. Uh-oh, Saint Anthony, your tongue in his anus. <laughs> Get out the nun with the good deities. <laughs> I want to see if they're still there. <laughs> oh, we can make our own little Mr. Potato Head with all these pieces. <laughs> we get the, the guy with the good, uh, with the magic of fingers. I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole story? That's the whole story. Did any of the saints have a good kneecaps? When it gets a cold, it's hard to bend them. Oh, well, I know. I remember the guy with the nicest shoes. <laughs> but remember, <laughs> St. Anthony, he had the most beautiful coffin. <laughs> the best in the land. Do you think it's a stiller there? <laughs> uh, the- <And> Luigi. <laughs> it's a beautiful pipes. <laughs> Uh, this next story is from Monsters and More. In 1828, a British ship. Hello! <laughs> oh, you're a British ship! <laughs> a British ship out of Liverpool, England, was heading due west toward Nova Scotia oh. in the icy waters of the North Atlantic. The ship had been at sea for many weeks when one day the first mate, Robert Bruce, found a. Whoa! He's the Scottish guy. No, no, sorry, Robert Bruce. Oh, not uh, not Robert. Not the Robert the Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, the, right. That's his Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he found Robert Bruce found a strange man writing on a blackboard in the captain's cabin. <laughs> Bruce was astonished to discover someone who he did not recognize on board, and mystified, went to report the event to the captain. The captain was incredulous. You don't ask like. You're like, what you doing? <laughs> Why are you riding on that blackboard? <laughs> what could you possibly be doing out there? What oh, you doing on the- in today? With the <laughs> he is on. <laughs> we are engaged. <laughs> I have been to Liverpool. <laughs> uh, the captain was incredulous. How could there be anyone on the ship whom neither he nor the mate had seen before? It is weird. Nonetheless, I'll give him that. <laughs> nonetheless, he followed Bruce to the cabin and looked at the blackboard. Plain to see were the words. Steer to the Norwest. The stranger, however, had disappeared. The captain asked everyone on the ship to write the same words on a slate, but nobody's handwriting matched that on the blackboard. They are absolutely wasting their time on this boat. (laughs) And like if you had have done it, you couldn't just change your handwriting a little. I reckon I could alter my handwriting pretty easily. For sure. Especially if you're like not the captain and you're like the first mate who saw the guy in the cabin. Yeah. It's like, oh, captain, uh, you're going to want to take a look at this. Yeah, it sounds like they were having an argument about how to get where they're going and one guy wants to go left and one wants to go right. He's like, a ghost threw it. <laughs> a ghost told me I have to go left. <laughs> I know you had a bunch of good points, but you know, a ghost told me. So, you know, fucking... Uh, if, if I mis- didn't. You, who you want to listen to? Him or him? Yep. <laughs> the no. ghost or me? All me right. or the ghost? I get that I can be wrong sometimes, <laughs> you know, but are you telling me that mysticism in general is wrong? <laughs> is that wrong? I can't quite do it all of the time, that accent. <laughs> it, it is weird, speaking of handwriting, I just thought of this and I don't know if this is interesting. You, you ever see the Jinx? Yeah. Yes. That, that guy. My favorite Robert Pokemon. Whatever. <laughs> Dude, it gets better and better every year. <laughs> um, 
the fact that he wrote an envelope to the cops and used his normal handwriting mm. when he was like, there's a body here. What a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It just it's almost like he was a crazy rich man who wanted to be caught. <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. <laughs> I wouldn't think a cool guy like that would be able to be so dumb. The captain was now altogether at a loss to explain the apparition and its message. The captain, who, by the way, did not see the apparition, he's like, I can't explain it. <laughs> me, personally, I can't explain it. <laughs> Can you tell me what it means, Paul? <laughs> no, I can't, John. But he ordered Neither our names are both that. <laughs> but he ordered the ship's course changed to northwest. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't listen to you before when you insisted that I change to northwest. But I will listen to whoever wrote on that blackboard. <laughs> More good, because it wasn't me. <laughs> I saw the ghost. Some hours later, the ship's lookout sighted another vessel. Stuck fast in ice. Oh, no. All her passengers were taken on board, and among them, Bruce recognised the man he had seen in the cabin. Dude, he swam for help. <laughs> <laughs> then went back. <laughs> then the it would cap- be right for me to die on another ship. <laughs> I don't the- want to just sneak onto your ship, right? <laughs> you ought to be kidding me. That's a fucking con from the blackboard. Ah, fuck. We're stuck in ice. What are we going to do? Don't worry. I'll jump in the ice, I'll swim to another ship, I'll write on their blackboard, <laughs> I'll come back. No, just stay there and guide him. No, 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 no. I'm going to do me plan the way I want to do it. It's me plan. You can jump on the ice if you want. The captain then asked him to write down the words, steer to the northwest. His handwriting matched that of the original message exactly. Woo. According to the captain of the icebound vessel, the passenger concerned had fallen asleep at about the same time that his double was seen when... When he awoke, he had announced with complete certainty that they would all be saved. Hmm. He's done it. He's like, just a second. Oh, are we in trouble? (laughs) (laughs) Just get actually... It's a real yard that you just made me do my enjoying. I've actually kicked into a real one myself over here. (laughs) (laughs) So he's astrally projected or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's had a nap while they were in trouble. He's like... Don't worry, I told another ship to head here. How? I wrote it on a blackboard. (laughs) I just had the craziest dream. Why the fucking ship have a blackboard? It's not a school. Why has it got a blackboard? I reckon he went sleepwalking and swam through the ice. (laughs) Don't wake him up, he could die. (laughs) He's jumping in the fucking ice. (laughs) He's a lunatic. Where did he get that chalk from? He's just carrying it through the water. Boys, I think I've wet the bed. And also me piss is freezing. <laughs> that's what that's what I do if I think I've wet the bed in the company of others. I say, boys, I think I I've think wet, I've wet, wet the, the bed. bed. Just wait a minute. I'll update you on the temperature. <laughs> it's cold as fuck. Tasting it with my finger. <laughs> that's cold. Why do you have to taste it to tell the temperature? Only me tongue, me beautiful silver tongue that'll be there until after I'm dead. <laughs> this next story is from the Unquiet Sky. A beach burst into flames. Whoa! At Kittery Point, Maine on September 1, 1905. Jesus. The guests at the Hotel Parkfield were startled by the appearance of flames rising from the beach and from the surface of the water. And an event so remarkable and unusual, a character, as to excite great curiosity and some alarm. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, people are real curious about when the beach caught on fire. <laughs> Was it an oil spill? Mm. Isn't that what happens? 
Well, the conflagration <laughs> occurred between 7 and 8 o'clock in the evening and lasted for <laughs> upwards of 45 minutes. The flames were about one foot in height. They were accompanied by a loud and continuous crackling noise. Were they on the water? That's fire. Were they on the water or were they on the <laughs> beach itself? Beach the and the water. Right. The beach itself and the, and the like water. Like the coast, does that mean? One, one... Yeah, yeah, the coast. Coast. Mm. <laughs> Kittery Point, oil. Maine. Maine, the coast. Maine. I'm thinking oil. I'm you thinking oil. It. 1905, though, they hadn't invented oil yet. <laughs> Is that true? They invented oil? There was heaps of oil. <laughs> there was heaps of oil. They didn't have to invent it, did they? No, no, no. no, no, no. Did they? <laughs> Are we oil? the three dumbest men? <laughs> <laughs> what does oil stand for? <laughs> <laughs> Only in Lebanon. Is that right? ah, it could have ah, been oil. It could have been oil. <laughs> right. That's why there's so much conflict because that's the only place where it is. <laughs> uh, the crackling noise, which could be distinct heard 100 yards away. Well, is that not just fire? Yeah, that's what fire mm. sounds like. Well, at the same time, there was a very strong liberation of sulfurous acid fumes, <laughs> which penetrated the hotel, drove the proprietor and his staff from the office and filled the other rooms to such an extent as to cause great inconvenience to the guests. One guest of an investigating turn of mind secured some of the sand in his hand was obliged to drop it on account of the heat. <laughs> uh, he's got a curious mind. <laughs> obliged to drop it. <laughs> oh, uh, I wonder what this sand could be. Uh-huh. Well, oh, as you wish, I sand. <laughs> I feel obliged to uh, drop you as you do protest against my nerves. When some of the sand was taken into the hotel and stirred in water, Bubbles of gas were liberated and produced flame as they broke at the surface in contact with the air. Damn. D.P. Penhallow. Hell yeah. (laughs) Double penetration. (laughs) How's he doing? D.P. Penhallow examined the beach and concluded that a layer of buried seaweed had fermented, creating pockets of uh, carburetted and phosphoretted hydrogen and other gases. His explanation was so plausible that one can only wonder why blazing beaches are not a common seaside attraction. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So he did explain. Yeah. Mystery old, solved. Yeah. Old double old penetration <laughs> penthouse or whatever his name was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would also like to point out that that story about a beach catching on fire is from the section The Unquiet Sky. <laughs> Interesting. That's weird. They don't. Where have do you a... think it came from? The, uh, the seaweed <laughs> from space. Are you sure that's not from space the section seaweed. The Quite Unusual Beach, <laughs> but not Inexplicable Beach? No, perfectly reasonable, regular beach. So what it was fermented seaweed had. Yeah, he believes gas. in it, created gas, and then the gas once it hit the air exploded. That's cool. Know. That also sounds like one of those bullshit 1800s explanations of shit where people are yeah. like, well, as a matter of fact, the the sun off of Mercury. I'm thinking of Men in Black. Men in Black. Men in Black. Yeah, it sounds like maybe the seaweed or like gas coming up from the yeah. ground or whatever. Beach gas. <laughs> I reckon, you know what I think it probably was? Like seaside barbecue out of control. <laughs> They're like a bonfire, someone's jamming out. And then it's just like... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, DP Penthouse turned up the barbecue too high. And he was like, oh, seaweed under the ground. Uh, <laughs> Someone's got a can of links and a lighter. And yeah. they're just trying to He put a nuts. whole bunch of oil along the beach. And then he got two dicks in his ass, <laughs> double penetration style, so hard that it 
created flame. Wow. That's what I Speaking think. Speaking of unearthly fates, this next story is from the section <laughs> Unearthly Fates. It's <laughs> the final story from the section Unearthly Fates. On December 4th, 1872, the Brigantine Mary Celeste was discovered east of the Azores, bobbing along at half sail and deserted. Captain Benjamin Briggs, his wife Sarah, their two-year-old daughter Sophia and seven crewmen were gone. Damn. An entry written on a slate but not yet entered into the ship's log dated November 25th put her almost 370 miles west of where she was found. Her cargo was in good order. Two hatch covers were off. The ship's boat was gone. The fore upper topsail was lost. The binnacle was overturned. They're making up stuff at this point. I love watching you learn about boats through this book. <laughs> the fore upper topsail was lost. The binnacle was overturned. Not the binnacle. Yeah, it was completely overturned. Uh, nah, there's your problem. Your binnacle's completely overturned. Uh, what about the uh, whereabouts is their fore upper topsail? Uh, that's <laughs> completely missing and... Uh, yeah, with those hatch covers, they've absolutely come off. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be extra. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your car goes in good order, but it can't hurt to get it replaced. Yeah, you know, you're in here already. It's not that much extra. Yeah, we're going to have to order a new binnacle there for you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, looking at the hull on the starboard side, it is not in good shape at all. Yeah. Uh, you've actually got a ship functioning here without a cabin blackboard, so I will have to write you up a ticket for that. You need a blackboard in there for some fucking reason. If a ghost needs to give you directions, you've got to have a blackboard. <laughs> Most important, the wheel was not lashed. Your wheel, son, is uh, unlashed. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I, oh, no. Nah, there's your problem. There's your wheel. You see, that is supposed to be lashed. <laughs> You're supposed to have a bunch of lashings right there, and you don't have them, so... You know, you're going to have Star- to suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Starboard, port, hull, nah, crow's nah. nest, <laughs> mast... <laughs> Uh, Locked bag, crow's nest, <laughs> mermaid on the front, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, anchor, uh, barnacles, <laughs> sails, uh, 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 on board two-stroke motor, <laughs> life jackets, uh, rudder, <laughs> uh, uh, pelican sitting on. Uh, the mast <laughs> looking a bit silly, but also quite majestic. Yeah, you're gonna have to replace your captain's hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm gonna need to install a brand new esky here. That is absolutely not up to code. <sighs> plank, you gotta walk the plank. <laughs> yeah, you're missing a plank there, mate. You want to get yeah. a guy coming to get his small boat room like fixed up, and there's a pirate working at the other. Oh, you don't even have anywhere to put your treasure. <laughs> that would be, I'd love to do that. Go to like a boat show and keep asking where the plank is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is pretty good, but uh, where's the plank? If you need to make someone walk off this, <laughs> where do they go? <laughs> do they just step over the side? Because that doesn't seem like a lot of fun. Is it like a plank around? Yeah. Is the plank just for like torture to make... So that there is a walk, they're not just going straight over the side? I think the plank is to walk onto the dock. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. And they just leave the plank out, they just walk. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, just along there. <laughs> like a savvy Dennis the Menace style pirate being like, oh, I'll walk the plank. <laughs> well, when we get into dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he got us. Oh, we never said when. <laughs> pirate destroys. <laughs> pirate destroys Dennis the Menace. <laughs> and most importantly, the wheel was not lashed, an indication that the ship was abandoned in a hurry. Yeah. By coincidence, the captain of the day, Gracia, who had made the discovery, was a friend of Briggs's and had dined with him less than a month earlier, toasting Briggs's new command. Mm. Fuck, that's wild. Just running into an empty boat on this ocean. Like, that I actually knew this guy. <laughs> very unlikely to me. Yes. By only one month earlier, I toasted to his health. Yeah, that's <laughs> him just trying to show off to the crew. It's like, oh, yeah, this boat. Hey. He fucking killed him. He threw him off. Well, nah. that guy who knew them killed them, and that the first person to find what, the body swim through the, the ice to get back to his original boat. Maybe <laughs> it's it's happened before. <laughs> Captain David Morehouse, uh, I'm named <laughs> after my father, who wanted extra parts to this house. <laughs> yeah, some people are blacksmiths, so they're called Smith. Well, my father. <laughs> Didn't have a job, <laughs> but he would go to different houses and say, "Can I have this one?" <laughs> Sometimes it would break. Yeah, uh, my father had a lot of investment properties. Yeah, more house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more house. And the crew, uh, my father. <laughs> <laughs> my father enjoyed a good medical show And uh, sometimes he'd watch one episode And he'd want to see another My father, more house <laughs> My father, big, big fan of Carl Cox Who's a house band music <laughs> Yes, my father was a big fan of Winx He wanted multiple horses Yeah, more horse, more horse. <laughs> My father had a speech impediment Where sometimes he would say the wrong letters At the start of words He'd flip them around yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and he was also a sex worker who was a rodent. My father, Mr. Hormouse. He, you might know him as Morehouse. <laughs> yes, I want to stretch. <laughs> I'm the captain. You listen. You listen to me talk. Captain David Morehouse and the crewmen who. Morehouse. Help- <laughs> <laughs> who helped salvage the Mary Celeste testified at length during the three month inquiry. At Gibraltar, concerning the abandoned brigadine. From the beginning, legends and rumours wrapped themselves around the case. The Attorney General of Gibraltar theorised that the crew had broken into the commercial alcohol, which was the cargo, then killed Briggs and his family in a drunken fury and escaped by lifeboat. In fact, the alcohol would have blinded or killed anyone foolish enough to drink it. Why are they shipping it somewhere? I don't know. Get it out of the country. (laughs) (laughs) This is no good. Chuck it on a boat. Uh... In f- uh, others whispered that Morehouse and Briggs had plotted the Mary Celeste abandonment to get salvage money, then quarrelled on board the D. Gracia with fatal results. But the two men's friendship was well established, and there was no ev- evidence whatsoever for this story. Yet the naval court saw fit to award the D. Gracia a salvage fee that was only a fraction, one-fifth, of what it should ordinarily have been. According to one account, Briggs had feared that the flammable cargo was leaking and hastily abandoned ship. Then it had become separated from it as a vagrant wind filled its sails. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> Quickly, everybody off the boat, just in case. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, bye. It's off. <laughs> um, okay, never mind. Let's go home. <laughs> no one mentioned this. We never saw it, all right? 
possibly the best explanation is that a water spout hit the Mary Celeste. The atmospheric pressure inside a water spout is very low. The difference between that pressure and the normal pressure inside the ship could have caused the hatch covers to blow open and forced bilge water up into the pump well. It would appear the ship had taken on six to eight feet of water and was sinking fast. Over the years, a number of true explanations were published, several purporting to be that to be by survivors of the Mary Celeste crew. Well, one clearly fictional account was by Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator oh. of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Whoa. Sherlock what do you mean, was on the boat? What do you mean, clearly fictional? <laughs> so, Benedict Cumberbatch jumped off the boat, and then <laughs> Tim from the office was there. And when they were like, there's a leak, he kind of like looked at the camera like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> there's a leak. Is there? Oh, oh. This ship, Benedict Cumberbatch, was both the sexiest and cleverest man alive. I find it how funny. Anyway, I find it funny how sexy and clever people believe Benedict Cumberbatch yeah, to be. Yeah, I don't get the hype on that guy. He looks like a thin Frankenstein. Well, <laughs> that's an unfair thing. He's one of our listeners. Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch listens to this pod. Really? Yeah. After what I just said? <laughs> He's the most intelligent and sexiest listener that we have. <laughs> I didn't realise you were listening, Benedict. Well, in that case, fuck you. Whoa! Fuck you, Benedict He's a Cumberbatch. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, More like Dr. Normal. <laughs> Benedict. Uh, Benedict, if you're listening, it's me, Peter Jones, your favourite member of the pod. Second favourite. Excuse ma- me? Maybe he loves Luca. <laughs> ah, he loves Luca. <laughs> Second favourite member of the pod. Please leave us a review. If you are Benedict Cumberbatch, leave us a review. Five stars. <laughs> if you sign, not, it, with, sign just, it off anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just so you, we know that it's you, sign it like Dr. Strange or something like that. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, make it like Doctor Strange, <laughs> Sherlock, all those other roles you've had. Put the uh, imitation to ring. <laughs> Freddy? What's that one where he's like the guy who loves heroin in a bath? What? What? There's one where he's... Uh, it's something like Freddy Krueger? Yeah, that's it. Published in 1884, it was reprinted as fact by many newspapers. The dumbest newspaper men around who were like, oh, the Conan Doyle or this. And, and every investigator since has had to cut through... Conan? F- Conan? Conan. Yeah, it's spelled Conan, and I, I like to think of it, you know, from Team Coco. <laughs> Conan O'Brien. The, the original Team Coco was Arthur Conan Doyle. Conan, Conan, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> Man, I hated it when Jay Leno Conan Doyle, I couldn't think of one. Who's a writer who sounds like Jay Leno? Jay Leno, okay, here we go. Uh, Name four writers. writers. <laughs> <Who's a> writer? <laughs> Emily Bronte Leno. <laughs> Uh, J P. Come on, Leno. <laughs> Good God! You just chuck another initial in there. It sounds like an author. Roll Dahl of Letterman. <laughs> Every investigator since has had to cut through the fables Doyle put forth. That tea on the galley table was still warm oh. when the Gracia's crew boarded. That a crucial page had been now torn from the log. Now we've just entered into the story that yeah, this is Conan. Doyle. Conan wrote. Yeah, yeah. Conan. Conan. <laughs> Conan. Conan. Arthur. So Arthur Conan Doyle. So a returner. What? Conan. D O Y O L E. I can't remember which one I said wrong. Conan. I said Conan. <laughs> yeah. Arthur Conan Doyle. Twice. You're right. <laughs> Rewind the tape. Oh, I'm dumb. <laughs> Pretty that was, damning. That was your voice, though. No, that's what happens when you rewind it. The voice has changed. <laughs> your voice. No, we all just rewound the tape together and we heard your voice say that you're dumb. I heard <laughs> your voice say that you're dumb. 
Uh, Jay Leno K. Rowling. Okay, all right. <laughs> Fuck me. You can't, Google famous writers. You can't Google famous writers to get your Jay Leno. Anyway. Jay Leno and Austin. Leno. Oh, well, that would have been, been great. Jane Austen Leno. Jane Austen Leno. How many out of the first five people on that famous writers list do you reckon we can name? You have a go. Five most famous writers. Yeah, of all yeah. Time. The first five who come up on Google. Stephen King. Yes. Nice. Uh, J.R. Tolkien. No. No. Oh. I'll give you a clue. No, I won't, because it'll be, it'll give it away. Uh, so we've got J.K. Rowling, Jane Austen. You've given me one answer. Can I have some more? What? That's a clue. Did you say J.K. Rowling? Yeah. No, she's not in the top five. Okay. She's not in the top five most nah. famous authors. Not the top five first ones that on come Google. up on Google. What? Stephen King is there. Right. Hang on. You've given me one answer. May I please have some more? Oh. More uh, house. Um, yeah. Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Oliver, you're right. Yeah, there he is. It's a cookbook. The Naked Chef. Who, who <laughs> Charles Dickens. Yeah, Charles yeah, Dickens. You didn't grow up in a Charles Dickens novel. Yeah. A, a line from one of Pete's famous jokes. A great famous There's Pete. three more. Three more. Oh, um, Who's afraid of this? Mark one? Twain. No. Oh, Virginia Woolf. You got it. And then um, I can't give you clues for the other two because I have no idea what they Can were. you just name them? Ernest Hemingway and William Faulkner. All got right. Them. We all got all. <laughs> we, got <them> all. <laughs> we got them all. Then number six, Shakespeare. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Okay, well, that's insane. Google's um, off its fucking rock up. <laughs> uh so these are the these are the lies that uh, Arthur uh, Conan O'Brien <laughs> right came right up right. With. Uh, so the the galley table was still warm. That's him. So if yeah. you ever hear about the Mary Celeste ga- galley table still being warm, that's insane. That's Arthur right. Uh, the so g- Arthur Conan Doyle, who uh, he had his book Tonight Show taken over yeah. by Jay Leno Salinger. Anyway, continue. Yeah, great. You've done Everyone it. knows I'm looking at a list now. By the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the crucial page had been torn from the log. Also, him. That breakfast was still cooking. Also, oh, so see, Arthur- that's all the stuff I knew from Mary Celeste was when they found it. Oh, you've heard it yeah. before. I've heard of Mary Celeste. Yeah, before. I've heard I of this know. one, but Think I've heard the hot Mary meal Celeste. on the table. Yeah, yeah, the hot meal on the table was like I always, but that's a lie. But that was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle had a show taken over by J. Leno R. R. Tolkien. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You've made the same joke five times now. Not what has not got any reaction from uh, us. Uh, 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 uh. It's almost like you are Jane Leno Austen. <laughs> the case of the Mary Celeste remains the classic nautical mystery. Adding a note of poignancy to is Briggs's last letter to his mother in Maine. Our vessel is in beautiful trim. I hope we'll she- we shall have a fine passage. Oh, but right. as fuck I- the boat then, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but as I have never been in her before, I can't say how she'll sail. <laughs> Why'd you write that to your mum? <laughs> <laughs> That's that story. Cool. Uh, I-, I looked it up as well, the Mary Celeste. Uh, apparently, these days, the most scientific explanation... Uh, th- what, this is from history.com. The more scientifically minded... Uh, Proposed an explosion caused by fumes from the 1700 barrels of cu- uh, crude alcohol in the ship's hold. Wow. There you go. So that crude alcohol, crude but rude. <laughs> crude? The, the Raphael of alcohol. <laughs> it crude but rude. Uh, that blew up. The crew were rude. So that blew <laughs> the, up. The fumes from it sent people crazy. And then they and, d- and jumped over and away. caused an explosion. <laughs> History.com? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that episode of Ooh Spooky 
is also on history.com. <laughs> <laughs> that episode of the Spooky, which we did have a Tonight Show, but it got taken over yeah. by... I know. I do research like a 12-year-old looking for porn. I got like <laughs> sex.com. <laughs> uh, that's what I did when I was 12. Truth.org. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be back next week with more spooky stories. Uh, anything you want to plug here at the end? That's where we do it normally. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, rate and review the show on... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Except you, Benedict. <laughs> no, only off, Benedict. Benedict. Only be- not only Benedict. Uh, fuck but off Benedict. pretending your name is a Ben. Fuck off. Come on, ben. leave Benedict alone. He's a Benny. big fan of the pod. Um, pod yeah, and do that and follow the podcast social medias. We got Twitter. We got Instagram. We got Facebook. We got Facebook. everything. Uh, and our personal ones, do that. Lucas C. Muller, Adam G. Knox, Peter the Jones. Spot on. Um, come to Catfish Comedy. It's every Tuesday. Fitzroy, Melbourne. Woo. And if you're going to be in Edinburgh during the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, come see our shows. We'll have a bunch of stuff on. You can just search our names on the Edinburgh Fringe yeah. website. And yeah. another thing I do, which I haven't done for a while, but I'm doing it in Melbourne in the lead up to Edinburgh, is my gong show. Come see that. That's on every Saturday night in June and July. It's awesome. What time? Where? 6.30 at Club Voltaire. If you look on my social media and stuff, you'll find it. Awesome. We will be back next week with more of Ooh Spooky. Until then... Stay spooky.